Hello, everyone. Welcome to Thursday. We're on another edition of the MSP Initiative Live. I know it's been kind of a whirlwind couple of like four, five, six, seven, eight days, something like that. Everybody's kind of in security land right now with whatever that's on their mind, probably based on you know, current events, which we'll talk about a little bit today. Uh, but yeah, it's Thursday. We're almost to the weekend and let's hope it's a, a boring weekend. It's probably the best way for me to say it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so some, some housekeeping um, before we get too far into this and then we'll you know, just have a friendly, uh, friendly neighborhood chat like we always do. Um, so you guys all know that uh, we do the Channel Strong Tour and Matt Scully, who, who's on the show today, and Mail Protector uh, have, uh, you know, we're, we're participating with Channel Strong and, and trying to go out and, um, you know, bring it to the masses, right? So uh, we appreciate your your traveling effort there, Matt. I, yeah, I know it's a lot of time on the road and, and all that jazz. So for everyone else out there, especially for Northeast people, uh, the next round of Channel Strong is coming up. Uh, it's our first time coming into the Northeast because everything just finally opened back up. So here are the dates, Monday, July 19th through Friday, July 30th, uh, basically the last two weeks of July. Now, if you're anywhere between uh, Northern Virginia and uh, basically uh, right above uh, Boston and New Hampshire, kind of anywhere in between that and that 95 corridor, we would love to see you. Uh, please come out and join us. Uh, free, totally free event. Uh Food, beverage, friendly conversations, all covered, right? Costs you absolutely nothing. Uh, so if you're an MSP, please go to mspinitiative.com on the channel strong and just register and you can pick what date that you'd like to join us all the way down bottom. And we will hopefully send you a, an invite to lock your registration in. Also, we do these giveaways every month. Uh, we have a bunch of vendors that are very nice and throw in some prizes and some gifts and some cool stuff. So if you don't enter, you can't win. Absolutely costs you nothing. And what do you have to lose? So mspinitiative.com under giveaways. And I'm sure everyone always asks, but today's session and every other session, including past ones with Matt, are available under sessions. We have many, many, many sessions with really, really, really good content. So, you know, take a look. Again, costs you nothing. You know, go there and press go. All right. So. We bring back Matt Scully from Mail Protector. Matt, how are you? George, are you okay. You. Are you functionally? You're you're processing. You're good. It is it is a holiday week, right? Um, it, it it does not feel like a Thursday, right? It doesn't. I mean, it, I feel like it's it is a Wednesday or a Tuesday. The, the fact that tomorrow's the end of the week kind of came up pretty quick, but. Um, my, you know, like my neighborhood gets kind of screwed up with um, the garbage because my garbage comes on Thursday. Yeah. Exactly. So I was the idiot that was out there taking my garbage. Um, and I realized that when I was the only one with the garbage at the end of the driveway, um, that other people are more in tune than I am. So but my, my streets on the reverse, right? Like one person goes out and everybody has like FOMO on the trash cans. And then all of a sudden the whole street's out. And I was the only one that didn't have my trash cans out. I'm the reverse. I was like, no, it's not today, guys. I, Isn't that kind of like a metaphor of George Bardisi? You're always thinking that other people when other people are not. I, I if that is, I'll take it. That's a win. <laughs> <laughs> that's the win so matt you know before we get too far into the you know you know comings and goings i mean it'd be hard pressed for us not to say a few words about what's still happening right in msp land from a security standpoint uh i know i you know 
MSPs and their, I, I've heard a lot of MSPs have their customers calling them saying, Hey, are you using these guys? Should I be worried? Um, and then all of a sudden, all of those conversations about stuff that should have been done and for whatever reason, they didn't want to spend money have bubbled the back up to the top again. Right. Cause they're open problems, right? Like simple things like multi-factor authentication or, you know, maybe a second, you know, you know, kind of endpoint software, right. For more security or just kind of button battening down the hatches. I'm sure you're hearing the same things, but I'd love to hear how those conversations are going and what, what the vibe is out there right now. So in my opinion, um, which I wouldn't say is facts, but I mean, I've, I've been following this thing pretty closely. Um, I am more in tune with the reaction of the channel rather than what happened. Um, listen, we, we've been living this for ever since we started working in the channel. These things happen, okay? Um, and it's instead of just sitting there blaming this, blaming that, I mean, you know, if you do a deep dive in what happened, it was like something that was... <laughs> hardly controllable you know it was a race to race to the bottom you know um they they were made aware of it by some security company they did everything they can and the hackers got there the quickest i mean i just i i see the the bad and the good i see, and i what i mean by that is you saw the dumb memes you saw the um the people that are finger pointing and, and saying bad things and then you see the other side which is the good you know the people saying hey listen this is a channel a channel issue you know this could happen to anyone you know i, I saw competitors get out and say hey look how can we help you here you know they're coming together for the good of you know the msps as well as their clients and prospects and etc so i i i, I I'm leaning more towards that goodwill, good nature of the people that are reacting than the people that are doing the finger pointing and saying, you know, hey, ha ha, here you go, that type of thing. Everybody likes to beat up Goliath, you know. I mean, you know? and I, that's that's the kind of thing it is, you know. They a, a bigger player, um, you know. People like to, you know, I can't think of a better word for it, but people like to uh, not be nice to them, you know, and. Um, and it, it's it's unfortunate that, that that was the case, but I love the reaction. I love the way that people are coming together and saying, hey, we're going to get through this together. Yeah, and a lot of people have raised their hands, right? Hey, you know, I'm having extra bandwidth. If you need help trying to bring your customers back online or, hey, you know, if, you know, you're stuck and you're in a bind and you don't have enough horsepower, manpower, you know, you don't know where to go, right? There's been a lot of, you know, if you need help, it's here, which is great, right? That's a community play, right? That we... Sure even in our everyday lives, right? Whenever there's a bad thing that happens, usually people start to get less salty and more helpful, mm -hmm. uh, you know, which is always nice to see. Um, but George, can I, say, can I say something real quick? What I also I found interesting was that there seemed to be a playbook um, to how to, a, a response thing on how to, um, how to address this, um, you know, by the, you know, the, by the, the, the company that got hacked. And I mean, uh, I, I can't tell you how valuable that that playbook is, meaning in a sense, okay, this is what happened. Okay, how are we going to address this? They seem to be very met methodical on how they are addressing it. And if there's any advice or observation from our conversation right here, get that playbook, you know, have that type of plan out there that God forbid, if something like that happens to you, whether you're an MSP or a solution provider, know how you're going to address it. Because we all remember March 16th, 2020, where we got punched in the face and we did not know what are we going to do. You know, yeah. some people jumped on webinars, you know, uh, some people did thought leadership, you know, some people um, were looking for testimonials, whatever the case may be, you decided to take a bus and go across the country, right? But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, plan for the unplannable because this, this shit can happen, you know? Yeah, it's actually a good part. I mean, listen, they definitely had, 
from us from a technical standpoint there seemed to have been some sort of incident response plan we keep on you hearing those words mm-hmm. but there's clearly a damage control pr plan too right and they were like you know they've definitely been what feels like not falling behind but definitely out front and i think the word transparency probably is up there right like they're not necessarily hiding from the situation they're pretty kind of forth you know forthright about hey this is what's happening here's what we're doing i mean obviously they may be miscalculating on timelines right you know because whatever but at the end of the day yeah no it's definitely going to be a case study when it's all said and done i guess the bigger concern matt from from a from a community channel standpoint is that you know these big events seem to be getting closer and closer together right rather than further further apart so i guess everybody's like hey you know you know my time will come i guess that's a hard thing to, to chew yeah yeah hey george you remember and i if i am i allowed to talk sports here yeah you can do sports absolutely all right cool all right so I'm going to tell one quick story. It's not to do with sports. And I'm going to go into the sports analogy, which is interesting. Was that uh, there was a competitor of the, perf- of the company that got hit on um, this was about maybe six months ago. And basically what happened was that a competitor through a financial um, technology, whatever the case released the name of about 500 other clients. And um, someone goes to Reddit and just starts going to shreds on this company, you know, like just tearing them apart. And you know what Reddit, it's like, it's like a, it's like a, like you're taking a, a wolf and you're throwing it out to a bunch of, you know, a bunch of lions and everyone's trying to get a piece. And I, I want to say it was the CFO of that company. He says, look, I am sorry this happened. Here is what happened. Uh, we, we are taking the right steps to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Thank you for bringing this to us. I mean, it was so polished and it was such a great response. There was not one other comment after that, not one. Like, no, there was no ha ha, that type of thing. You know, there was no, you know, in other words, he diffused it within one shot, found out the guy's name, sent him a note, you know, and uh, he was just very gracious, you know, that somebody acknowledged that. Okay. So then going back to the sports, you remember back in, I want to say, God, I'm going to age myself, but it had to have been like around 2001, 2002 when the steroid era came out. And actually, I'm sorry, it was 2005, 2005. And you had guys like uh, A-Rod and you guys had guys like Mark McGuire and you had uh, Rafael Pomero, you know, all these different guys get, you, you know, who have extremely amount, the large sum of resources, you know, that are going to go hire the, these expensive PR guys to go and, and tailor a response. And they, it was so befuddled. It, they, they made themselves look like a bunch of jackasses because their responses were so bad. However, there's a guy named Jason Giambi. Okay. And he played for the Yankees and he was caught as well. And he came out, he was contrite. He said he did it. He owned up to it. He didn't deny it. Um, and here was the reason he did it. And then he kind of escaped that PR, um, you know, uh, retribution. And I, and I always, I always remembered that like here, all you had to do was be honest, be in front of it and, and say yes. And, and don't try to fool the public, you know, don't insult your audience, you know, and, um, and you know, these guys, imagine what McGuire and A-Rod paid their PR people who just did nothing but put more flame into the fire. That's actually good. At, you know, funny enough, I didn't, I always thought of him on the Yankees too. Right. Until I watched uh, Moneyball. Right. Then I realized oh, that awesome. Hey, <laughs> and then he got well, the whole premise was he was going to the Yankees in Moneyball. Yeah, right? I didn't even realize that until I watched. It. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. You, but by the way, good point, right? I mean, it yeah. was the steroid era. I mean, I know the leagues all have their own PR people, spin people, whatever you want to call them. 
Um, but yeah, like these people have their own platforms, right? I mean, we've seen how that works in the social media age, right? So, you know, to your point, having a, having a good, you know, a good, a good route, right. Ready to go. Right. So that you're not trying to scramble to put something together is always great. The question is like, as MSPs, are they going to have the PR, a PR company to help them put out their messaging? You know, are they going to, like a lot of the times these resources are things that are way above what, you know, their kind of level in the, in the game is right. So it yeah. doesn't mean that they couldn't do it. doesn't mean it's not worth looking into, but I mean, generally speaking, they probably didn't have that in place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And can I, can we say one real quick thing? And I know I, I have never been diagnosed with ADD, but I'm sure I got it. So if I keep going like this, like, please fine. forgive me, but Moneyball, what a movie, huh? And it, it, there's so many different channel lessons that you could take out of Moneyball. You know, the fact that, you know, you look at if you're going to if you're a solutions provider and you're competing against a multi-billion dollar, you know, company that's that's doing the same thing and you're going to try to go the same route that they are, whether it's in messaging, whether it's in, you know, what events to attend and how much money that you're going to spend to go out there. Or you could play like Moneyball and get creative on how you get out there. And so, it, I, you know, again, I'm not tooting your horn. I don't mean to. But what you did and I'm sure with the addition of Kenny as well, is that it was so innovative, so smart. Nobody else was doing it. Um, you know, that, that, that was one of those things that leveled the playing field. It really did. And I really applaud your efforts for what you guys did in 2020 and what you continue to do in 2021. No, I appreciate that. And thanks for being a part of it. He's talking about the Channel Strong Tour for yeah. anyone who didn't pick that up. But yeah, I mean, listen, we didn't think yeah we didn't think people were going to get on planes and trains and automobiles right we thought that they were going to want to be in their in their backyard so we came to their backyard i mean it was you know as we could do that right as things were opening up so hey i appreciate that and quite frankly everybody i'm sure we weren't the only people who had the idea i'm positive of that but yeah. hey somebody <laughs> had to go out there and do it right yeah, so, exactly. so that was actually a very good thing Brent says, Moneyball, hell yes. Dad's relationship with daughter always gets me weeping, 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, he, when, he, when he says to the, um, the wife's new husband, um, that's an issue between me and him. That was an, that was an awesome, awesome line. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah I, again, every, everything about that, um, that movie was great. It's one of those movies like U.S. Marshals for me that I can watch that at any given time. I don't care. A Few Good, a few good Men is another one. Um, you know, you know, like when it's on TNT and you just stop and you watch it and it's just like, 100%. You know, yeah, 100%. I just did that with a few good men the other day. I was like, oh, got to stop. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about, you know, since again, of not the same level of security conversation mm -hmm. as, as everything is happening now, but a piece of it, right? I mean, mm -hmm. now that everybody's going back and reevaluating their stack and saying, where are the missing links? Where are the missing chains? What do we need to do in order to, you know, graduate this right to the next level and make sure that the check boxes are checked? I mean, so obviously mail protector, it's in the name, right? Um, email up until this, you know, the big stuff, right? Emails traditionally been where the, you know, more than 50% of the breaches start, right? Because right. somebody got spoofed or somebody clicked on a link that they thought was good, that was bad, mm -hmm. or... Maybe even somebody's account was compromised and then, you know, all of a sudden they're spamming out their entire list with what looks like an Office 365 link. It's not, you know, like, so it seems so simple, yet it's the most common way people get jammed, right? I mean, right. the Colonial Pipeline attack, the purse, how it started apparently, from what I read is the person's personal 
one of their personal accounts got compromised. They took the same email, they sent the same password, used it on their work account. They had already been dismissed. They weren't even there anymore, but it was still active. And they got in and then all of a sudden that was their entry point, which is email account, right? That's all they need. That's all they need. Um, yeah, I mean, and it's getting, um, it's getting worse. It's, it's getting worse and worse. And, you know, like, like hackers, they're, they're not thinking of what today's solutions are. They're thinking of what tomorrow's solutions are going to be and how they today's are more vulnerable. Um, and you're right, phishing is the most exploited way of getting ransomware. Um, I talked about this on stage. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this when I've talked about Revel. Um, I talked about them in 2020 and what the reason that I started talking about them was because what they were doing was they were taking um, embarrassing conversations, okay, that C-level employees were having, whether it's proprietary information, whether it's about the intern, intern down the hall, you know, stuff that you just don't want to get out there, you know, um, where the company's going, if there's an acquisition, whatever the case may be. And they were able to identify these snippets of conversation. And then what they were doing was they were going to the victims and saying, hey, do you want this information out? And, you know, if you don't want this information out, then you need to pay a ransom. They did that to a couple of food distributors. All right. They did it actually to the Donald, Madonna, uh, Lady Gaga. This is all Google. These guys have been around and they're very, very um, innovative in their thinking and creative in their thinking. You know, because historically hackers, what they used to do was just steal competitive information or intellectual property and then try to sell it. You know, with ransomware and Revel, they're like, your information doesn't mean anything to me, but how much is it worth to you? Right. And um, so yeah and that's that's what these guys are, are about that's what they're doing so where we come in you know and again i don't necessarily know i don't think you or your audience wants us to be a male protector commercial but if you're going to be sending out sensitive information i mean even i mean listen you shouldn't be sending offensive information in the first place but or um but what i'm saying if you're sending out sensitive information encrypt it Encrypt it. See, there's going to be a, a tenor that's going to be happening, and we're starting to see this more and more. I mean, when we were getting into this game, right, or even in the middle of the game, George, how many times did you hear the word ransomware? You know, like it was not a main stage name, right? It was to us, but it was not in common media. Now it's, it seems like it's almost every single, you know, every single day there's another attack and people now have an understanding of what ransomware is. We've been saying this for a while, you know, and here's the thing with that. Okay. I do have a point here. The point is, is now the government's like, okay, I'm going to start listening and they're going to start listening. They're going to start putting out compliance needs out there, uh, regulations and all that stuff. And the, the MSP who gets hips to that the quickest is going to be the one that's going to be in the game. See, I look at cybersecurity of the way that cloud services were like in 2005, 2008, the people that were quicker to the game are going to be the one that are going to sustain. Yeah, you're, you're, it's, that's, that one sentence pretty much says it all, actually, right? I mean, you know, security is no longer uh, a, a, a UTM and, you know, a, you know, a simple email, you know, antivirus or a malware, and then all of a sudden, you know, turn on multi-factor and you're done, right? Although I can't tell you how many people are saying that they still don't have that on. Uh, it seems to be such a low-hanging checkbox to solve, but... I mean, as far as email encryption, Matt, I'm going to be honest, right? I can't tell you the last time I got an encrypted email. Yeah. I, I mean, usually usually when you're applying for a mortgage, um, usually if you're doing life insurance, 
Yeah. And, and I, it's like this, George, you know, um, and I know you, so I don't think that there's going to be anything really bad, but I once said to people on the stage, I said, okay, you know what? Everyone give me their phone. I'll give you $500 if I could read uh, a handful of your text messages, you know, let, let me have that, you know? And of course, nobody's going to hand me their phone. You know, no one's going to be, they don't want you to read what's on their text message, even for $500. Well, why is it any different with email? Right? You know, why is it any different? You know, um, if, if we are transporting, you know, sensitive information, stuff that could hurt the reputation of a company, can, can delay a, you know, a, a progress of a company, whatever the case may be, um, can hurt. And there's, there's a bunch of people that are underneath in that dark web going, I want this, I want this, I want this. Why be stupid? Why be stupid? Well, you so, know, so a couple of interesting messages popping in. You're, you're uh, our favorite friend uh, of the show, Brent. He's like, is that Matt Scully? Another guy that gets my money. Love that product. <laughs> there you oh, go. Thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks, Brent. Uh, and then he said, you haven't been to a doctor lately, George? I'm going to be honest with you, Brent. If I do if I do go to a doctor, all they say is there's a message for you. Log into our portal, right? Like yeah. they don't even send anything because they don't hippo whatever. Uh, but like, let's right. say I'm collecting credit card information or Matt said mortgage, or maybe you're buying a car online, which seems to be pretty popular. Apparently you can't even buy a car, you know, without overpaying these days, or maybe you're whatever it is, right. Contracts, right. Maybe that's something you want to keep sensitive and you know, that contract's proprietary. Cause you know, it's, it's um, whatever it is. I'm going to be honest with you. Right. I don't think people, I think people think, Oh, it's automatically done, but the reality yeah. is that it's not right. I mean, I think that's, the misnomer, right? There's an educational gap. Yeah. Um, and especially with people sending, I'm sure in MSP land, we're all you know, passwords in, in, in the middle of an email. Hey, you know, like that's out there in Cyberland, right? Absolutely. I always talk about that, that um, social experiment some college kids did back in 2018, where they went to um, a square in, in Barcelona. And they basically, they had a, a big box of different good chocolates. Who doesn't like good chocolates, right? So they would go up to someone and says, look, I'll give you some, a, a piece of this chocolate, you know, pre-wrapped and everything, if you give me your password, okay? 31% of the people took the chocolate. 31% of the people. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, it, it, that's, that, I mean, but here's the thing. The proposition was up front, right? Before yeah, like everybody's absolutely. played like the USB drive game, right? You know, somebody plugs yeah. it, it's on it. And then it's, 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 uh, you know, but this is like, Hey, chocolate for your password. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. Again, because there's always that, that, and I, I used to work for data. So I, I got that. I know the, uh, the survey, but that, that ransomware survey, that's like, it always is. And it's been like that since 2015, 84% of the, um, you know, small, medium-sized businesses are not concerned about these types of threats, but the other 20, you know, like there's always that disconnect where there's about 98% of the MSPs are. And I think like doing like events or webinars or whoever this is called a podcast um, are, are educational, but we only speak to the MSP community. We're, we're not speaking to everyone out there you know in other words there's not going to be somebody that works at jc pennies is going to want to see this so we we got to provide msps with the content and the, and the msps have got to provide their um you know their clients and their prospects with the content that we're giving them to your so <laughs> brent pops in he's like before mail protector and the use of encrypted email was such a pain for the end recipient because people could not use it 
complex. I mean, end user experience is definitely part of the problem with security, right? Not just yeah. this, but everything, right? It's extra yeah. steps. They have to remember to do something. They they're pushing back, and but that thirty seconds of extra work is a lot different than thirty days of being out of business, right? I think that's <laughs> the big message now. That's can't be more clear, right? Based on all the, you know, the Colonial Pipeline, the Solar Winds thing early in the year. This, I mean, it's it's getting crazy. And if it's true, right, a million computers <laughs> off of one per, yeah, off of one thing. I mean, that's amazing, right? Could you imagine having to redeploy a million computers in a week? No, I know that's split up between a lot of different companies, but. I, you know, like part of the problem in MSP land, Matt, is, you know, like there's a, there's a, and, and this is the whole point of, of the business, right? There's a buildup, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, you add more and more customers that you're not necessarily adding employees as quickly as your blocks of customers grow, right? Like it's a yeah. one to many type thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're pretty mature and you got a lot of customers out there and they all get hit with one thing at once, man, you probably don't have enough manpower to deal with that yeah. at that point. Right. And I think that's the challenge. And, and it sounds like at the end of the day, and, and we've had Brad Gross on earlier, we've had Matt, uh, Matt Lee on earlier, we've had a bunch of people and they're all saying, hey, listen, security equals risk because there's no 100 percent. Right. There's no mm-hmm. shield. There's no, yeah, that's going to that's going to lock you down and nobody's going to get through. So you're trying to reduce the, the potential, the percentage of what could happen. Right. Right. And. It seems to me from what all the security heads are talking, the CISOs and all these guys out there is that at the small business level, they're automating those attacks, right? Mm-hmm. They're just like, there's not a human being going business by business trying to get in. They're basically just ripping through, just waiting for somebody not to have the thing turned on. And that's the, that's who gets it, right? Absolutely. So yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like- it, it, it's very scary. Like, let's let's just say, okay, you're an Eagles fan, right? Let's just say that you moved to Tampa, okay? And again, you're not a computer. You're savvy. You're just you're just a normal guy that works at a normal job, that type of thing, right? Let's just say that someone sees that and says, you know what? They find out on LinkedIn that you know you put something out there that you're a big, huge Eagles fan. Maybe you're a president of the Eagles fan club or whatever the case may be. Somebody looks at that and says, hey. George, man, welcome to Tampa. I just want to let you know, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be having a Eagles tailgate party. There you go. Eagles tailgate party um, over at, you know, the George Steinbrenner field. We would love for you to join us. Okay. The, view the invite, take a look at the invite and you click on it and there you go. Your entire, you know, system is completely, completely hijacked. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. People make mistakes. They make mistakes, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and especially with, you know, the way we are, you know, we have an in-bin with files and papers all the way up there and we're trying to get through them as much as possible. You know, uh, we, we, we need people to go and just make sure that they know what they're clicking on, you know? Yeah. Um, so the, the, one, the one thing also, I just wanted to also say to what you were saying about like, all right, we want to make sure that you have everything in place where these things can't happen, but they do, is also the resiliency factor as well, which I'm sure you'll agree with, is that, okay, if it does happen, all right, are you able to, protect are you able to get continue to continue to work you know um give you a small little example like we have this thing called council and that's where if you're a male protector partner where people you know, you know live eat and breathe all that stuff if there is a threat that's out there 
Um, and you have to put a control, you have to put a permission, you have to put something, a rule out there. With this council that we have, instead of going into every single one of those domains, at least let's just say you manage 5,000 domains, you could do it with one broad stroke. So you put one rule that hits all 5,000 domains. So that's that's a major competitive, that's a resiliency thing, as opposed to having some poor tech that's got to spend all day and all night going to every single one of the domains to go in, go into a corrected. You know, it's, it's interesting. I think speed is now becoming the big word, right? I mean, yeah. you said, hey, you know, who was faster, the hacker or the software developer? <laughs> I mean, now it's, hey, if I have the information that there's a problem, how quickly can I remediate, right? Exactly. In order to, and I, I'm just this week, we had the Microsoft patch for the print spooler thing, right? Print nightmare, whatever they call it. And now like that was a zero day that they needed to go and patch across all their customers. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I, I also think that, you know, you need to make it as Fisher Price as possible so that the end user has to think less. Because here's the reality, right? All the security in the world is trying to solve the person behind the keyboard, really, yeah. <laughs> more than anything else. And I, that's the low, that's the weakest link, right? I'm not trying to knock anyone, but you know, if anybody's actively tried to do the whole, hey, let me, you know, do a spoof test to my organization and see, eh, those tests usually don't look good. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. And yeah. so, like you said, like actually one of the, to your point, based on the current situation, right? There was a malware campaign apparently going out. I read this morning that they're like, oh, here's the fix download here. So you can patch your environment and come back online. And it wasn't, <laughs> it was like, that wasn't from the manufacturer, right? That was a bad guy trying to push out bad stuff. And like, all it took was that, right? And I'm like, oh man, took, put, took, you know, punch a guy while he's down, right? You know, now they go and do that. And George, George, we saw this. If you looked at any, any of those government websites, like that when you're applying for, what is it, a PPP loan or whatever, if you, if you saw every one of them had warnings that these guys are taking, if you think coronavirus, you know, if you think these guys are gonna be ethical during coronavirus, that they're gonna be um, ethical during this current situation? No, I mean, people are losing family members and they're still trying to go and get them to click on the wrong thing. You know, I mean, these guys have zero ethics. And the sad thing is, George, what is the most effed up thing about the whole thing? They're actually nice people. They're like, oh, I'm sorry we have to do this to you. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like, you know, can we, you know, maybe if you want to negotiate instead of giving us $1,800, maybe you give us only 12, but can that help you? You know, here you are thinking like these, these guys, I mean, they literally apologize when they're, while they're hacking you, you know? So you're saying the hackers took the Chick-fil-A course? I My think pleasure. they did. <laughs> Imagine. They don't hack on Sundays. <laughs> Clearly they did on this holiday. Um, yeah. That's funny. Um, so <laughs> I, think, I think the other problem is, is that, and by the way, Brent comes back and says, machine searches, heck yes. Look at Shodan, searches RDP for on an IP, $7 lifetime subscription. Is it really only $7? That's crazy. Uh, lifetime <laughs> Um, I think, I think part of the other, you know, now that MSPs are out there really learning on how do we become better internally? What do we need to go out there to tell our customers to get to, to pump it up? Some people are just uncomfortable in education mode, Matt, right? Like me and you, we'll talk to, you know, one person on the street. We don't care where, right? Anywhere. But sometimes the person who's the tech, right? They're not really a people person and they're having a hard time doing that educational message, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I, I just don't think you can avoid that now. No, I mean, George, I'm, I'm, you're at O'Hara airport in a bar. You're sitting down, you're having a dirty martini. 
I come over and I sit right next to you. I order a vodka soda. And I say, hey, my name is Matt. We shake hands. What do you do, George? Okay, like in other words, what, what, what is it that you do? What would you say to somebody? I take technology and help create business outcomes. How about okay. that? That's great. That's great. I yeah. mean, I'm saying that like, if you simplify what your service offering is to the MSPs, they're going to be able to simplify that message to those who don't necessarily understand it. And that's very important. I have my father. My father thinks a, a server is a waiter or a waitress. Okay, he has no idea about anything when it comes to um, technology. But I'm able to explain it to him. And when I do, that, that way that I explain it to him transcends on how I speak on stage. Mm-hmm. So, and and it's, it's, my, it's, well, it's not really my playbook. It was a, my former boss's playbook. You know, Create the market need and then talk about how your solution can, can answer it. Hundred percent. No, I mean, and hey, if you're not good at public speaking or educational positioning, or you know, I'm not even calling it a pitch, right? You're just trying to yeah. tell people, hey, this is a problem. You need to help you yourself, kind of thing. Then raise your hand and ask for help. I, there's a lot of resources out there to deliver that message. Even if you got to take somebody from within the organization and make them a little bit of a spokesperson, right? That's not mm-hmm. the check signer. It's not a bad idea, right? But you, you got to find a way to package and get that information out for sure. And, and, and the way to do it, I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, one of the ways to do it is slack yourself. Just go slack yourself, right? Sounds bad, but it isn't, all right? When, whenever I see an article that's out there where I see where male protector could be a fit or a solution to a problem, okay? All right, somebody sent something that was wrong. Somebody's reputation got hurt because somebody sent something that was offensive, that whatever the case would be. I slack myself that article, okay? And when I slack that, so that article, I always go back and I read those articles. And it's like kind of like a book report. You send me an article and I'll be able to go and talk about it and talk enough about it on there, right? Having the, that general thing, because when these guys are writing, they're not writing technical jargon. These guys are associated press people, right? But also while we're on the newspaper, all right, and we talked about this earlier, so I, I apologize if I'm repeating this, but we were, we were the only ones talking about ransomware, but it doesn't mean that ransomware wasn't happening, man, right? We were talking about it. It, but I it doesn't didn't mean it wasn't happening. It definitely like fast like rewind five years, right? I think yeah. that's a good round number. It, it wasn't hitting the newspaper. It wasn't hitting the the website headlines. It wasn't hitting the news channels, right? Like mm-hmm. it happened. Sometimes a lot of times people never even reported it, right? Because they're like, who do yeah? What do I go 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 into down the street at the local police station? Like what are they going to do for me, right? Um, but I'll tell you what. Um, as it became more and more rampant, right? Like. I remember one time, like somewhere in the, you know, like 2014, 15, 16, I, I couldn't stop hearing every insurance company on the planet was starting to sell cybersecurity at that point. Yeah. Like it was like a wave, like they all coordinated and said, go do this. And every insurance broker on the planet started the smiling and dialing. Right. So, you know, now fast forward, <laughs> those insurance policies may even be canceled or they may be getting very expensive, but you know, at the end of the day, like, you're right. It wasn't really, you know, mainstream. Right. And, you know, we're seeing things earlier because that's the business we're in. Right. Like what was the one uh, uh, sassy, right. That's this new upcoming methodology that apparently within two years, everybody will know about. I never even heard of sassy until probably about 30 days ago. You have a couple of daughters, right, George? What's that? You have a couple of daughters. Yeah, I have one daughter and now one son. So I got okay. two. You'll hear about Sassy in about 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> got it. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm already getting a little bit of that. But um, but like ultimately, it's our job to stay ahead of the curve, right? I mean, exactly. like you don't have to be bleeding edge, but you do have to educate yourself. And I think part of the problem is, is that, hey, Matt, we're at a bunch of events, right? But if you actually, and it's been surveyed, I don't remember what the percentage is, but there's a very large percentage of our IT services community that you never see, right? They never come out of their bubble. So how do they learn other than the hard way? I, it's very challenging to keep up with it. Well, the government's going to help us um, again right now. Well, no, they're going to. They're, they're going to by putting regulations out there. Right now, it's uh, it's on Capitol Hill. Um, Biden has a ransomware task force. In other words, when they when they're doing these types of things, it's putting it out there. Okay, Mike Bloomfield. Okay, you know who Mike Bloomfield is uh, yeah, Staten Island, geek, right? Yeah, yeah, super dude. He says a line, and I and I'm saying his name because of the fact that he deserves. He's the one. He's the one that said it. But the hackers are the best marketers for MSPs. The more crazy shit that they do out there, the more that people are going to read and say, "Hey, you know what? We might need this." The hackers are the best marketers, and that's what wow. I was saying with the, with the government. With, with with the government when they're putting these task force and they're putting these all these different things together and they're talking about it. You know, I mean, it's it's going to be a main staple in people's minds that, they, hey, we're on a different war now that we need to go and protect ourselves. I, I almost get afraid when we say, hey, the government's going to come to the rescue, right? Because I mean, I, this I see what you're saying. I, I, I see what you're saying. They're not going to invest a bunch of money into, you know, MSP land. What I'm saying is by them becoming more and more aware and talking about it and it's on Capitol Hill and task force and this types of stuff. I mean, you know, you should, if you're an MSP and you want to hold an event um, to get these small businesses together, maybe at a local hotel, a restaurant or whatever, call your congressman. They're going to come in and they're going to talk about it. Okay. I've seen wow. it four or five times. Absolutely. They will. Absolutely. They will call them, have them be a speaker there. Talk about, you know, have them talk about the discussions. Have they, uh, what have they seen? We've been doing this with the FBI for years. All right. It, it seems like, you know, it's funny, right? Because we'll go up there and we'll, we'll present. And then all of a sudden the FBI comes in and they're like clean shaved, nice suit, you know, <laughs> you know, and in uh, nice shiny shoes and they get up and their slides suck, right? They're like just government slides, but people listen. So engage these guys to help them get your message across. Um, you know, MSPs, you know, when you take these national headlines that we're seeing, I mean, the, the gas line, you know, I mean, everything that we've seen, call your local media, call your local media. You are a subject matter expert on this stuff. You're one of the few that know the ins and outs of this. Okay. That's a story to tell. That's a story to tell. And it's also a story to help people. So these are all really good points, actually, right? The local congressman. Hey, actually, why actually? Who's actually? Why, why actually? Why actually? No, no, no. Actually, because like I, I didn't even think of those. And I, I, I used to come up with sideways ideas. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, you're you're working for us, right? I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two way street there. Hopefully, um, that's interesting. That's an that's a good play. And then the TV thing, right? Like, I think a lot of people think how hard it is to get on there. I'm not sure it's that hard. Like, but but if you don't ask. You don't put yourself out there. You might not, you know, never get the call, right? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. 100%. So from uh, back to the email thing, right? A lot of the gripe on email is from, an, you know, from an encryption standpoint that it's too hard to use, right? If you're sending an encrypted email to somebody else that's not on the same system you're on, 
all the steps they have to go through to actually open yeah. it up, right? Isn't that like, that's usually the main complaint, right? Of the whole encrypted email thing. So has it, is it easier now? Cause like- no. With us, with us. Okay. So we have like a three-step process before things go to market. Okay. Um, secure. We have the patents to so that certifications for that too. Easy to use. And it also goes into number three, which is that it's MSP driven. So what we mean by that is that we have an uh, advisory board, regardless if it's our go-to market message, or if it's any of the products that we put out there, they have to go through our advisory board. Okay. And so when we are doing a bracket, okay. And they find out, okay, what are some complaints of encryption? exactly the stuff that you talk about, the hurdles you have to go to send an encrypted email. Um, I mean, and, and it's, it, and when we see that, like specifically if you're doing life insurance, you're going to the doctor or whatever, good, it, it's a pain in the ass, you know, like maybe you didn't capitalize one letter or whatever the case may be, you forgot it. And so then they have to go to send you a thing. You have to go download something. It's just a big, huge rabbit hole to get where you want. With us, literally what you do is you put the, um, in the subject lines, you put brackets, okay? two brackets right there and that in the email is encrypted but the really cool thing that we launched in august of last year was a called a bracket share function and basically how that works it's your own personal landing page if you are a bracket user okay so let's just say that um i am a bracket user okay and you wanted to send me a non a non-licensed user let's just say that you wanted to send me your financials okay i'm a real estate agent or car whatever guy all right, you could actually go into my URL and in my, excuse me, in my auto signature. And on the bottom of my auto signature is a URL. You click on it, like Matt Scully dot bracket, whatever the case may, may, might be. You click on that and that landing page comes right up. And then you could send the files up to one gig. You could actually send 25 emails, or excuse me, 25 attachments up to one gig each. All right. Wow. So, yeah. So th that's, that's the simplicity of it. That is the, that is how simple it is to work. So, so basically, you're you're almost bypassing the whole email thing, right? By saying, "Hey, here's a secure upload page. Go here, and it'll get to me." Exactly. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to. Uh, nothing has to be sent to your email. No, no, no keys. Nothing. It's right there. That's slick. Yeah, it is I very guess, slick. I would think that's super useful for anyone. Hey, you know, you need to say, oh, I got this thing. Oh, just go here and send it to me. It's a secure way. Like, I can't imagine how many things get sent through the ticketing system, but still email going back and forth, right? You know, as attachments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the reason that we did the share function is that we looked at bracket usage and 72% of all bracket emails had attachments. So that's why we did it. So you, you, if you're paying X amount of dollars for Dropbox or whatever, and you don't use it that much, I mean, use the bracket at a fraction of the cost, more function, uh, functionality to it. And it's quite frankly, simpler to use. Like yeah, when I had to send you my presentation, I sent it through bracket because that was the only way I could do. You had a very big presentation, Matt. Thank you. Those, of, email, those, those email attachment limits, man. You know, you got all those <laughs> graphics in there. Absolutely. Um, we're, you know, so I, I'm going to take the next little bit about this because you're a big channel guy. You like to be on the yeah. road. Um, where are we going to, you know, you're looking at the, from now to the end of the year, right? I mean, obviously there's data cons coming up. IT Nation in November is coming up. You got Exchange in, in San Antonio coming up. What's your feeling right now, right? You've been on the road a little bit. I know you've been doing some regional stuff. Hey, you jumped on the bus with us. Yep. Are, do you feel like people are actually starting to break out? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Um, and I can make that barometer for going from um, quarter number one on the bus to quarter number two on the bus. There are more people on, on quarter number two at, um, 
at, at the events than they were on quarter number one. So if that's, if that's a barometer, I don't know. But um, I think people um, back in March, they were, they were just introducing the vaccines. In other words, they were, it was on the beginning stages of it. Now we're kind of at the end stages for at least for the majority of Americans. Um, I don't even know if that's true, I actually, but I'm saying that there's a lot of people that are more vaccinated than they were in March. And I think that makes people feel a little bit better about getting going out to different events. Um, a, a couple observations is at least on the bus. Um, one thing I've noticed is that people were generally um, surprised and happy that we came to them. And they almost, it was almost like it was a, um, what's the word I want to say? It, it was like, we were risking ourselves, you know, to go and, and be there for them and, you know, have a drink and give them, give them that little dose of normalcy. I'll never forget out of, I don't care if I do 50 million of these um, channel strong tours, I'll never forget Fort Lauderdale where it was the first time, it literally was the first time that companies saw themselves uh, you know, for the first time in one year. I remember I, that. I, I mean, here, here you, these people, you know, live within 10 miles of each other in the surrounding area. And it was the first time that they saw each other in one year from an event that we brought to them. That's effing cool, man. That was so cool. You know, you know, like people are looking, oh my God, your hair's long. Oh my God, you know, oh, you put on weight, you know, like that type of thing. It was just cool. It was, for me, it was so cool. And I, I, I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that, 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 that day. That's awesome. Now I'm, I'm curious to see ultimately, right. I mean, the, the whole work from the beach, right. And that's funny, right. Cause like the Corona commercial has been doing that for 20 years. Right. And then like all of a sudden it's, Oh yeah, I can pretty much work from anywhere. Like I've been working remote forever. Um, the question is working remote securely. And the other thing is these, some of these big companies have come out saying, yeah, you never have to come back to the office. Yeah. It's work. Yeah. The work from anywhere mentality. Um, I, I'm surprised that they, they made that an indefinite policy, right? Like forever. Yeah, I mean, New York. I'm sure you do your due diligence. New York, the investment banks are telling everybody they have to come back. You know, J.P. Morgan, uh, Morgan Stanley. It's all over the news. Okay, now you got to come back. You know that type of thing. Um, but of course, you know what? Something tells me that J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley can afford to have these two hundred and fifty thousand dollar a month offices in the middle of Manhattan, you know, I mean, if, if rent was a big red line for you, right, if you're putting a big nut to rent, and you don't have to do that, or you don't have to go to the capacity that you, you've done in the past, um, and you could put those resources into something else into your company, you found out it does work. There was some um, beats that skipped, but you kind of ironed them out. Um, you trust your IT guy to get you to that, to that place. You know what? I think people, people like that. I mean, I used to be on a trip when, I, when my previous company, I used to be on a trip and I would get home. I would take a four o'clock plane to get home. Okay. Four o'clock in the morning, just for, I'd have the ability to pick up my kids just mm -hmm. for, they can come out of their classrooms. They see me, they haven't seen me for three days. Cause I've been on the road. They see me, you know, and, and it's a big group hug there. Right. You know what, now I get, I get to do it every single day. So it's like, you kind of, we, we, we took for granted the good things that we're able to do when we're working from anywhere. Um, you know, like, you know, some people, I know, I know a, a couple of salespeople that they're literally like, you know, vagabonds. They're going to different cities because, because they can, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, that type of thing. Um, so it did give some pause and sort of reflect on the good that we do have. 100%. 
what what's your uh yeah so looking at your schedule right let's say somebody wanted to come see matt scully where would they find you between now and the end of the year well i'm doing the ascii's okay all the ascii shows um i am doing um which i, I think is going to be a great one actually um is to todd Bellar, it by design yeah in jersey yeah, City. yeah. of course datocon um not still not sure on it nation um connect it we're doing um, I was also doing some road shows as well. So Paul and I from the compliancy group, we were going to select cities. Um, another indication, another bar. Um, the first road show that we did, we had three people. Um, that was in late uh, January. And, and the last one we did, we had 25 people. So, you know, and that was in May. So that shows you how it opens up a little bit as well. So that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. What What's the... You know, if you were to think about so far, you know, we're halfway through the year, right? Mm-hmm. Is there any one story that pops out where you're like, man, we were really able to make a difference? It was definitely that Fort Lauderdale one. Um, if you're talking about male protector, there's definitely, there's a lot. But if you're talking about just in general into the uh, channel strong, that, that Fort Lauderdale one was one that sticks out. It was probably one of my more favorite days of, of the year. Um, but yeah, in, in male protector, I'll give you one. We have this um, solution called cloud mail. Basically, it's just the essentials. So you get calendar, you get contacts, um, all that stuff. Um, it, it doesn't give you the bells and whistles of 0365, but there's a lot of times where people are like, it's 0365 or nothing, right? And so they're paying those 0365 prices. So there was a presentation where I talked about um, CloudMail. And what the cool thing about CloudMail is that you could do that split domain hosting, meaning in a sense that if you have 100 people, you can give 20 of them 0365, and then you could give the 80 the CloudMail, right? And why would you do that? Because again, O365 is right here. It's not O365 anymore, right? It's just 365. Uh, I think they call it Microsoft 365, but yeah, Office yeah, yeah. 365. So if you're paying X amount of dollars for a Microsoft 365, CloudMail is at a complete fraction of that. So now what you're doing is you're saving your clients money, but you're also making more of a profit on there. So that was one over one that we did in Austin, Texas, that resulted in um, just under 10,000 different um, licenses on that. Wow. So, That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, that was a really good one. And that was through a partner? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. There's business out there, man. There really is. What would you recommend from a, like vendors collaborating with that partner, right? Like what are the most successful, you know, kind of, you know, co-marketing, you know, things that can be done in order to make it work for both sides. From a solution and an MSP. Well, yeah, I, I think that solution providers should have a, um, a MDF, because um, every company is different, should have an MDF program. And do not, I repeat, do not keep up with the Joneses. Don't keep up with the Joneses. You're not going to have their budget. You know what? Get creative on it. It's just a money ball thing, okay? So, you know, if uh, Ingram is giving, you know, $30 million in MDF funds. Don't think that you can't play MDF because you don't have $30 million to give, right? Do that money ball thing where you're thinking more strategic and thinking smaller, but what's going to be beneficial for both. Um, I'm tired of webinars. I think you are too. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, 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 I do believe in breakfasts. I do believe in lunch and learns. I do believe in calling Homeland Security. I do believe in calling the FBI, um, you know, where it comes into more of a thought leadership and then you sort of get your solution inside there. Uh, testimonials. Uh, I, I saw a presentation the other day where everyone was just talking about their product, product alone, and everyone on in the audience was on their phone. You know, I mean, we, we as presenters have very, very, very good indication if people are listening or not, because we were able to look at them. And if they're sitting there on their phones, then we know that we're not doing a good job. So my answer to you, George, is be aware, be more aware, be aware and find out what works, what doesn't work, and then capitalize on that. That's, that's actually great advice. Absolutely great advice. <laughs> Matt, what was the, uh, what's your drink of choice? I know you were, you were uh, on, a, on the one tour that me and you were on, cause I've been on baby, baby duty for a baby minute. Work. Yeah. You were, you were, you were, you know, what's your, What's your top three beverages while you're on the road? It's just top one. It's just one. It's just vodka soda. It's vodka soda. So now if we're going to go down that hole, right? Meaning in the sense that the, if I'm going to be on a, um, a, a bus tour and if I'm going to be on a bus tour and um, I'm going to be, you know, getting this once in a lifetime experience, I, I'm going to be looking at America, okay, from a bus, I, I, I'm going to go heavy, right? So I'm going to buy that $100 bottle of vodka, you know, because that experience, that, that $100 vodka is a better um, experience than the normal $25 bottle one that I get. So the, to answer your question, it is the crystal head vodka is my uh, thing of choice. In other words, and, and you know, I got one right here. That's what it looks like, right? And... Um, What's what's cool about it is that on my birthday, on my birthday, I get um, I, I get uh, about 50 people send me these things, you know, so wow. I have all these. Yeah. So I actually have a bar. It's called the nautical skull. I'm going to show it to you right now. I don't know if you can see it. Very nice. Yeah. So the nautical skull, you can see the skull thing up there. So everyone for my birthday will, will get me one of the, one of these bottles. They're expensive, but it, it's a great, great buzz. Hey, Brent says, and a squeeze of key lime. Oh, the other, the other one. How about this one, Brent? Is and um, Rob Ray taught me this one. Um, Hendrix and tonic with a slice of cucumber. Oh, that yeah, that's a nice good. summer drink. Yep, absolutely. That does sound good. Yeah, yeah, my, uh, yeah, our friend uh, Alex Standers might have to uh, give there that a stone bar. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, he's a good Robin, isn't he? He, he, but he has his whole that home bar setup, man. Yeah, he, he went for it. real on it. He went for real on the home. Like you know, I had a cute. I had a talk drink yesterday. Okay, uh, I'm sure you bring back bottles on your uh, yeah on your way back from cities and and trips and all that stuff. So that's How about the guys the guys on the bus. They bought fireworks and then they they had no way of bringing them back. <laughs> What was that? I, I, I don't understand. You should have set the fireworks off, guys. Like, you weren't getting that through TSA, right? No, you no, George, you're the only one that sets the fireworks off. <laughs> yeah, I don't need fireworks to get stopped at TSA. That's happening pretty much automatically. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, um, George, what about, um, God, what's that the, the new show that um, Craig got me on to? Manifest. Have you seen that yet? I haven't seen that yet. How is it? Oh, you're cutting out. No, I haven't. Um, it's. It? Yeah, it's 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 it is interesting. You're, you're, there, there's this like there's this the season long mystery, and you just wish they would just address the mystery. But all you're doing is dealing with 
the repercussions of that mystery. And if you just we want, we just want to find out what is what has happened. It's basically a a uh, plane that was going from Montego Bay to JFK, and it appears that everything is completely fine if you're a passenger. However, you get off the flight, and when you get off the flight, it's five years later. So everyone thinks that you know the loved ones on that plane are dead, and they've moved on with their lives. Wow. Right? And meanwhile, it was only, you know, two days before that to the people that were on the plane that they were with their spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever. So it's a lot of dealing with that, but it's also a lot of dealing with, okay, what caused that five-year delay? Where were they? You know, what happened? You know, that type of thing. So it, it's interesting. It's interesting. So I would suggest- I, I, I'm going to cue that up, man. Yeah. I'm going to fire that up. I'm a big TV head. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. TV and movie head. Well, I'm getting, I am, I am getting, uh, I did see the Fast and Furious in the movie theater, which is nice. Yep. Okay. Yep. I, I was one of the few people that saw Tenant in the movie theater when I went and saw that. That was just me. Yep. I, was, I had an entire movie theater to myself. Right. And then they kind of yep. shut down. <laughs> and then, you know, Fast and Furious, I just saw this past weekend. And, uh, you know, you're, you're invested, right? You're nine movies in, you got to watch yeah, it. You're invested. Yeah. And but, rarely uh, do you get a sequel that goes that long and is that good. Well, Marvel, right? With their 20, whatever. Sure, sure. But it's not chronological. You know, like, you know, I mean, it was my favorite movie of all time. Will always be. Will always be. There's never anything that people could come out that will be. It will always be Godfather 2. It will always be Godfather 2. And that's a sequel. Did you hear they're coming at, did you see the uh, trailer for the Many Saints of Newark? Yep, I've seen it numerous times. Yep. Um, Interesting. I mean, it's 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 a risk, right? Because Sopranos was such a beautiful piece of art, and you know that art hangs on a wall somewhere, and everyone loves looking at that piece of art. Now, are they going to Godfather three it, where it's going to you know it, you know like is that thing going to get lowered a little bit because of you know I'm not sure, but I mean a beautiful beautiful storyline under, under unfortunate circumstances that James Gandolfini's son is playing him, you know? Wow. And I think that that is a pretty cool, it's the first movie he's ever made. He's never saw The Sopranos before. And all he do, did to study for this was just rewatch episodes of The Soprano. Wow. You know? Yeah. That, we're, gonna, we're gonna have to critique that together. Once, I think once, so. Once we're together, once it's out there. Matt, I really appreciate you yeah. for coming on. And again, thank you for being part of Channel Strong. And for everyone else, you know the links, mspinitiative.com. Channel Strong for the upcoming tour sessions where this session was recorded and our past sessions with Matt and everyone else are available for you to view. And then obviously we have our monthly giveaway again, you know, 10 prizes. If you don't put your hand in, you ain't going to win. So go ahead and throw it out there. And I'm looking forward to having a beer or a drink. You know, if he has his crystal skull with him, I'll surely try it. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a drink with Matt. You know, before the end of the year, it'd be nice to get together again in person for sure. I always enjoy my time with you, George. Thank you, man. You got it, my friend. Have a good one. All right, take care, bud.